Yeah, Suzanne Hill with you on Nightlife. Now, look, all around Australia, in every country town, in every regional city, you know them. There are incredible old public buildings, beautiful big pubs, courthouses, banks, post offices, halls. They're buildings that tell the story of the people who built those towns and of their vision for the future. Buildings made with heart and skill in a way that, well, some modern architects fail to match. But sadly, after years of wear and tear, they're not always in the best condition. And worse still, some are empty, neglected, in danger of being lost forever. Now, if you live in a regional area, I'd love to hear if there's a special heritage building in your town that's been saved and how it was done. Maybe it's a grand old bank, a pub, a cinema, a theatre. And maybe there's one desperately in need of saving. You can give me a call, one three hundred eight hundred triple two. The SMS zero four six seven nine double two seven oh two. A Gillian Kilby is a civil engineer with a love of heritage buildings, so much so she's taken the matter into her own hands. She bought and restored three prominent buildings in regional New South Wales. She's also created a social impact organisation called The Exchange to give these buildings a new lease on life, and it connects locals through office co-working spaces. And this week, Gillian's just bought another building, a disused bank building in Dubbo. Hi, Gillian. Welcome to Nightlife. Hello, Suzanne. Lovely to be here. So where did this love of, well, heritage buildings and their restoration begin? I think growing up on a farm, you always have a sense of reuse. Uh, Farming is one of the greatest circular economies because nothing goes to the tip if it can be reused. So my love of um, tinkering and and reuse started there. But actually, as a 21-year-old, I graduated from Sydney Uni and headed it off to Walsh Bay as a site engineer. Walsh Bay is right at the base of the Sydney Harbour Bridge and it's the largest collection of timber fingerwells left in the world. And my job as a site engineer was to help restore um, Number 10 Towns Place. I think I really fell in love with the way an architect, an engineer, a team of trades can convert what is old into something really usable, uh, something loved, Uh, And they can do it in a way that a a person looking at the Walsh Bay Wharves can say, okay, I can see what's old and I can see what's new and been added, you know, glazing uh, a new steel staircase. But I can also appreciate and love and value how rich that original building is within the landscape. So you said a a timber, what was it, a finger whirl? A finger wharf. What? Oh, finger um, wharf. So what's the fi- oh, do you mean one that sticks out into the... Yeah. Okay, into the sea. And they would pull the ships up, load the ships with the wool and send the ships off. Say they sent the wool to America. What was really interesting is they would have to bring a, a light load back on the ships. So they'd bring back something like Oregon. Well, the timber in the roof of the post office in Dubbo is Oregon brought out most likely from America because it was a cheap, light return load. So you grew up in central western uh, New South Wales. Uh, what about, what was the town nearest to you? Did you look at the old buildings were there when you would go into town? Yes, and I remember doing an assignment. I grew up in Canamble and doing an assignment on the fire that went through the main street and therefore every building in the main street was, I think it was like built after 1929, after the fire took out the originals. Um, so yeah, so I, I grew up in a small 
country town um, on a farm and uh, certainly had an appreciation for the dynamic difference of buildings within that town. Yeah. And so, Gillian, when did you decide to put your own study and experience into restoring buildings? Well, I decided um, in my late 20s that if I stayed in regional Australia, I would always be the boots on the ground and I wanted to have more decision-making opportunities. And so I was selected as an Australian Sir John Monash Scholar to head off overseas. I went to America and did an MBA and a public policy master's at Stanford. And the Monash Scholarship is about education can be given to one, but it's to benefit and serve many. And so in returning from America back to Australia, I'm thinking, yes, I can go back and be a civil engineer, but what can I do that makes the world better? And, you know, as a single 35-year-old woman moving back to Australia, how can I also think about my own financial sustainability? And I think real estate is a really powerful way um, for people to um, to um, sustain their own life. Um, so I sort of came back with this idea that um, this old building in the middle of Dubbo could perhaps uh, be an opportunity for transformation uh, within the town. Mm. So did you decide very deliberately to do this in a regional area? I mean, I assume that it's cheaper to buy the old buildings in a regional area or maybe there are more of them that you can you can find. I just love regional Australia. There's something about driving and around here and being part of the community that I've always loved. I also feel that the education I was um, that I received is put to best use in a regional area um, as opposed to being one of many, many, many people trying to do good things in Sydney. I grew up out here. I choose to live out here and, and this is where I'm happiest. So when did you first, so this first building, tell us about how you found it. Well, it was for sale for about five or six years. It went on the market in 2012 and by that stage I'd moved overseas. I'd seen it come on the market and by the time I moved back in 2018, it, it hadn't sold. You know, Suzanne, it was still sitting there empty, unrenovated and unsold and I think there were a couple of things. Heritage is scary. Um, the task seemed big and the price was also uh, significant if you were then to go and put all those repairs in place. And I think a combination of being brave, um, I did a number of courses and competitions over at Stanford University that gave me sort of an understanding of how this could come together and then the experience as a civil engineer actually physically working with trades, or I shouldn't say physically, I stood there as a civil engineer <laughs> and the trades do the work. Um so the combination of that experience gave me the confidence uh, and obviously the bank came on board when they saw my business plan and how I, how I proposed to transform this building. So what was your business plan when you went into this? You know, buy a really old building that needs lots of money <laughs> spent on it. Where, where's the bank seeing the payoff? I wrote this 70-page business plan and at first I went to 14 different organisations in Dubbo and I thought, I can get funding for this. I'll get a letter of support. I'll bring everyone along on the journey. And you know what? There are hundreds of buildings in regional Australia that need funding that are beautiful and worth saving. And my business plan is no more special than the next. And it was the moment when I decided to stop trying to seek funding and actually take this down the path with the bank 
and get the loan and take that next step that the project became real. So Gillian, what you were sort of what going to council and the locals going, hey, I'm going to do up this this old building and won't this be fabulous for everybody? But and that that yes. was the support you couldn't really get. It, and and I I fully believe that that was the right decision. There are far more important things to be funded in regional Australia than my pipe dream. And it was the right move. And by going to the bank, I became more commercial and uh, more educated, more um, probably very strict in the way I think about these projects because my skin is in the game. Um, I am here as a custodian of this building and every decision that I make is a dollar I am spending. It's not a, It's not someone else's money. So it creates a very invested uh, person at the centre of the project. And one of the things that I loved about the project was the ability to bring the community along. You know, we talk to the community about the project every day through the paper, through social media. We slowly released the history of the building. We let people know what we were doing and how it would be a community first space. And people just fell in love with the building all over again. It, people were surprised that it had been empty for five years, that it that no one else could buy it before that. So I'm um, particularly grateful that the community embraced the project and embraced me at the centre of it. Yeah, uh, Gillian Kilby is founder of The Exchange and a civil engineer. And so the first project that she embarked on was this restoration of the Dubbo Post Office. Tell us a bit about its history because it was built, I think, in 1886. And it's so beautiful. It's huge. I mean, most post offices, you go to Orange, you go to Mudgee, uh, you go to Bathurst. The post office is is modest. It usually has a clock within the structure. Whereas this one in Dubbo has this huge clock tower that's like four or five stories and towering above the rest of the building. So it's a real icon within the main street. And the architect was James Barnett. And James Barnett might sound familiar to people because he was um, New South Wales's colonial architect for 25 years. He built the GPO in Martin Place. He built Customs House. He built 169 post offices and telegraph offices in his time. I mean, obviously he didn't. He had a lot of people working for him. 130 courthouses, you know, 110 lockups, 21 lighthouses. When you see that classic lighthouse at Baron Joey Head at Palm Beach, you are looking at James Barnett's work. Every post office feels and looks the same. And Suzanne, I know you've had a lot of postings in regional um, Australia with your work. You, You know the style I'm talking about, the big columns, the strong looking building, the archways, the tall cedar windows, that's yeah. his style. Yeah. They're his babies. And he's so prominent that we called the little cafe that we put in the bottom of um, the post office, we called it uh, Jimmy Barnett's to honour him and modernise him and keep him front and centre in the building. Um, now I'm talking to Gillian Kilby and I would love to hear from you if you have a story about um, a, a building in your town. I know we're talking about New South Wales buildings particularly, that's what Gillian's been working on, but there might be a building in your particular town because we've got a national audience here that the community has rallied together to save. Maybe there's a building 
that wasn't saved. I mean, I remember when I worked in Port Perry hearing a story of these beautiful buildings that had been, you know, the demolition board had come in just just hours before the people fighting it had managed to get a heritage order. So I know there are lots of those stories across Australia of the buildings that couldn't be saved, but a lot of the buildings that could be saved as well. So, um, Chilean, when you got hold of the Dubbo Post Office, what kind of condition was it in? It was structurally excellent. And that's one of the beautiful things about these 140-year-old buildings. They are built well. They're built to last. They're full of sandstone and double brick. So your air conditioning bill is lower. Uh, There is uh, so many benefits to these buildings, but the paint was falling off. You know, the pigeons had made a home on the roof and the community was really upset. Um, They really wanted something done. And so the first thing the community said was, well, this should be the council's responsibility. And I think when an external person comes in and says, you know, I I think I have a solution here, and if this was to happen in another regional town, the, the biggest piece of advice is, you know, get behind that person in any way you can because uh, there's nothing like a motivated in, individual with a really uh, big bank loan to make something happen, right? <laughs> Exactly. So now a couple of people are saying, well, hang on, how are you actually making money out of this? So so how are you, Gillian? The idea was to refurbish the building into a co-working space. I'd lived in California for five years. I'd operated out of co-working space. They were everywhere, but we didn't have one in Dubbo and we certainly didn't have one in the surrounding regional towns. It was a new concept. So we um, we have both private offices um, meeting rooms and event space for hire, and then this co-working space. But, you know, everyone in Dubbo has a, you know, a third, fourth bedroom in their house. So if you have a home office, why do you need to come into a co-working space? And what we found was people were craving community mm. and being together, even just one day a week or just for a meeting that's not in a cafe. It's got, um, it's private. It feels formal. Um, and one of the things someone said to me was, Um, Thank you for giving it such a high-end fit-out. I feel like I'm worth it when I'm here working. And that's just a beautiful sentiment because how often do we hear business owners lack the courage to really give it a go? Mm. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about this building. Mm. And so it's working, is it? You've got enough uh, people using the co-working space to be turning the Dubbo Post Office, uh, making the money that you need to? Yes, we've been open since uh, 2020. And um, that would have been a bad time to start a co-working space. (laughs) It was pretty tough. We opened for three months. COVID hit. We were a step ahead of it. We we figured we would all be um, in lockdown and we all had our monitors home by Friday afternoon. We're in lockdown by the Monday. We what we did in that time was to work on community, online community, people sitting at home in their office who wanted to reconnect. And then as soon as the doors opened again, um, we were back into it. Uh, now, I'm just going to read some of the SMSs that are uh, coming in because people are wanting to talk about some of the buildings in uh, in their necks of the wood. Mary in Mudgee says the Regent Theatre in Mudgee is a wonderful old building which is temporarily closed. It would be lovely to revive it. Okay, there's one you can pop on your list, uh, Gillian. I've got uh, Plucker who says the Masonic Lodge buildings are always rippers. The Freemasons still give so much to society. We need to preserve the legacy. I'm not a Freemason. Uh, On a personal front, the current Kyneton Museum building was my grandma's childhood home. That's very nice, Plugger. Um, 
A lovely one from David. He says, I helped restore the staircase inside the old Newtown Post Office in Sydney back in 2015. It took me a few days to sand it all back. I imagine it looks magnificent now. I love the idea of restoring these buildings, says David. Someone says, what about Kalgoorlie? Beechworth, I imagine you're suggesting that these are towns, um, my text, are where there are a lot of beautiful heritage buildings. I was in Beechworth actually just before Christmas and, and agree. I mean, the buildings there are absolutely stunning. Uh, from Madonna, um, uh, April this year marks 20 years since the Abbotsford Convent Coalition's campaign saved the 6.8 hectare convent site from development. The Abbotsford Convent came into public hands. It belongs to the people of Victoria. And uh, in 2017, it was listed on the National Heritage Register. I've been a volunteer social history tour guide at the convent for 17 years. Hats off to those who saw a public future for uh, for that site. And I might talk to uh, to Paul in Esperance now as well. Hello, Paul. Hi, uh, Suzanne and Joanna. Yeah, um, Paul, tell us about this building you want to talk about. Well, it's just near Beechworth. It's not very far from Beechworth at all, Suzanne. You might want to. It's the Plowing Hotel at Tarawindi in North East Victoria. I grew up in it. My great-grandfather started building in 1836, finished in 1865. Um, Ned Kelly actually helped me build a stool that's in the bar. That no, really? And um, I, I sympathise with Joanna because... Um, you could never get a grant or, you know, any funding. You had to take out uh, low-interest loans or no-interest loans to do the preservations and the work that needed to be done. It's still operating. You can still go there and have a beer and a meal. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, that was one that's still going, which is great to hear. Thanks so much, uh, Paul. Um, I'm talking to Gillian Kilby, founder of The Exchange and a civil engineer. And if there's a building in your town that you want to tell us about, maybe it didn't get saved. Maybe it did. Maybe you think it should be. Um, give me a call, one three hundred eight hundred triple two. 800 Now, Gillian, the next building we're going to talk about is um, is in Narrabri. Tell us about the, the Faulkner's Cordial Factory and Iceworks. So this was a, another beautiful building that on my travels for work, I found this um, beautiful building. One was empty and one was tenanted. And I said to a good friend of mine, that's magnificent. And she said, you know, I think he'd sell. And he was ready to sell. And it was um, one of the reasons he chose to so- sell to us was because he knew what we'd done in Dubbo. He said, you know, I my wife's been over there and seen it we want this to go to someone who will look after it. And so even in the decision process, it was, it was a slow sale um, and a slow, like a slow acquisition, but he wanted to know that we were going to do good things with the building. And I think that's that was a lot of trust that he placed in us, and we did. We converted the ice works where they used to make the blocks of ice into a co-working space. And when we got in there, you know, it's a, it's a red brick shed with beautiful big timber rafters that you couldn't see unless we climbed up in the roof and had a look and no kitchen, no bathroom, no plumbing, no, like no uh, walls. It was just a big red brick shed. And what we've been able to do in that space by creating both private offices, meeting and community meeting space um, and co-working has been able to provide another venue in, in Narrabri. And a lot of people have come forward with their beautiful stories of collecting the ice, collecting the cordials, or their family history and association with that building. Um, I was interested when you said that the owner really wanted it to go to somebody who was going to look after it. I would imagine for a lot of people who 
had one of these heritage buildings, that it would be an awful dilemma thinking, you know, I can't afford to do this up, but I, I want it to be lovingly looked after. Mm, it's a big decision and uh, I, I do think that shed probably would have been pushed over um, because it was perceived as a shed. Mm. Uh, but we have converted it into this most magnificent space. And when you start with double brick walls and a good roof and a good strong beams in that roof, you have a great product. You don't actually have a tin shed. Now, Gillian, I'm imagining grand designs and how we've always got these lovely ideas and there's always a crisis along the way and the budget's blown and, you know, all sorts of things go on. Did you have any of those moments with your restoration projects? It's very hard to build and renovate uh, with the supply chain issues and the incorrect cost escalation that occurred as a result of COVID. I've been really lucky to work with great trades and a a great architect. My architect in Sydney, Sally Taylor, her mother actually grew up out here. And um, as a result, those big challenges are lessened if you can really communicate and have those people come on the journey with you. They get as excited about transforming these old buildings as you do. They love hearing the story of you know, the architect who not only built this building out in Dubbo but also did the post office in Martin Place. And I think when people come along on the journey and they're invested, those uh, those hiccups, those moments where I might be lying on the floor having, having a cry uh, are, are certainly lessened and with good communication most issues Did you actually available. have those moments, Gillian? Yes, okay. I I remember. <laughs> I remember lying on the floor crying and I had the phone on speaker and I was talking to my boyfriend now husband and I said, "Why am I doing this? Why did I sign up for this?" And he said, "You wanted to." <laughs> <laughs> so blunt and clear. And I did, and I still do. And you know, a lot of the um challenges and learnings from project 1 from the the clock tower in Dubbo from Project 2, the iceworks in Narrabri, um, have put us in a really good position for Project 3, which was buying an old bank in Dubbo. Okay, so Dubbo, you've now had the bank and the post office. <laughs> so what and you- they're only 200 metres apart and obviously the post office is the girl, you know, she's the grand old dame yeah. and the bank is the gentleman at the rotunda. So I feel like they, you know, they stare lovingly at each other down the main street. (laughs) All right. Tell us about this building then and some of its history. It's quite grand because it's three stories. And for a long time, it was the tallest building west of the Blue Mountains. It was a corner block. So it's, it was very ornate. And in the thirties, a big veranda was put around it, which sort of took away from the beautiful arch, um, big arches on the ground floor and the beautiful decorative windows at the top it's state heritage listed so this is a different project uh, for me as an engineer it's harder Um, everything we do has to go through a a process up to state government and back down as opposed to just dealing with local council you know local council are like oh my god we're so glad you're here thanks thanks for what you're doing Um, whereas state are like who are you? What are you doing? And by the way, we're really under-resourced here. We're doing our best to help you, um, but give us time. And and so going on the journey of a state heritage-listed building is a, a big step for me, but it's also a lot of learning. Um, this building 
as a former bank is so well built and it turns out the builder, William Moffat, is the same builder who built the post office uh, just 200 metres away. And he was one of those builders that became very large. He owned the sawmill. He built um, a number of buildings around the region, including churches and courthouses. And um, he also became an alderman of the council and a mayor back in the 1880s. So these sort of really prominent people um, putting, lugging sandstone from the Macquarie River up to the building uh, with their huge teams of people brought these, you know, these iconic heritage giants to life and we're so lucky they didn't get demolished because this bank was up for demolition in the 70s. And then what stopped it from being demolished? My understanding from the stories is that a group of people got together and stopped it. Uh, The Colonial Mutual Life um, Company, which demolished the beautiful building down in Melbourne and replaced it with what is um, just a real shame, Uh, they owned it and they were going to knock it down and rebuild. And when they went to the National Trust, um, there was an order put in place and that's when it became state-listed and protected. And to the Colonial Mutual Life's credit, they renovated the building and then sold it. So by renovating it, they made it an investment opportunity for the next person. And the next person who came along was a guy who loved the building deeply, Bill Morgan, because his dad had his pharmacy within that building many years before. And in an interesting turn of events, my grandfather had his dentist shop in that building many years ago. So everyone has a connection to these buildings. (laughs) They went there for something. They knew someone who had a shop there because they have 140 years of heritage. So everyone has a tie to it. Yeah. Uh, And to preserve that, you know, I'm just a custodian in its journey. And if I look after it, uh, it won't just be a big heritage building. It will also be um, a good investment for me. But you have to look after the building to to um, in order to have it grow with you. Yeah. Now, uh, Gillian, did you also set up this co-working space at the um, the Joint Stock Bank? Because then you've got two in Dubbo. I mean, you can't save every building and have everyone in Dubbo co-working at one of your historic buildings, can you? No, this is where we've done stage two of our thinking. And it's really helpful to have a great accountant, lawyer and <laughs> bank manager and, and a great husband, really, to sit down and nut these things out with is that um, this building is six private offices and four retail shops. And the thing I love the most is when we took over, people were saying, I want to come and be part of that building. I want my business in that building because um, you're giving it a new life. You're making it beautiful and prominent and I want to be part of that. And that's one of the best things you can do as a person in regional Australia is be a tenant put your hand up, pay your rent, uh, do maintenance, support by being a tenant so the building's not empty and the latest tenant to come forward is a is going to be a provador and we're so excited because, you know, it's a, a young woman starting a business, stepping out into the world and saying, you know, this is what I'm bringing, bringing to the market that doesn't currently exist in the in that main street section. Yeah. Um, now, Gay says, um, hello, I worked in the Dubbo Post Office building in 1988 when the Telstra office was in residence. It was an amazing building. And you might like this one, Gillian. I went to the movies in the 70s in the movie theatre in Canamble. Did you also go to the movie theatre in Canamble? 
It was closed by then, but another beautiful individual, Chris Gray, redid the theatre and that's his legacy. Mm. You know, he took it upon himself to revitalise the theatre. Yeah, well, this text says the family of the owner have just handed the amazing theatre over to the arts precinct of Coonamble. So hopefully yes. that means that that theatre is in safe hands. Uh, let's talk to Lorraine, who's called from Bathurst, uh, one of the towns, of course, Lorraine, where you've got amazing colonial architecture nearly everywhere you look. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm a little... Uh a little envious to hear of Gillian's projects in Dubbo, so I'm curious to know if she might might know of the um, uh, the old technical college here in Bathurst. Oh yes, I've looked at it's all been, those buildings around Bathurst. I'm so sorry empty. that mm. it's been empty for so long. Um, I think there's you know uh, people have come and gone with. Thoughts. I have been away for a couple of weeks. Something was uh, sort of in the air just before I went away. Um, so I'm not sure that anything has happened since uh, during that time, but it has been empty for so long. And um, so, uh, yes, James Barnett, he, he was the architect of our courthouse and uh, also the Bathurst Jail, uh, as you would know, Gillian. And what I love about Bathurst is there is so much potential. You know, that tech, technical college or the TAFE, I'm guessing it's the TAFE building, yes, is beautiful. But yes. you then, you know, you could throw a rock and hit the ambulance station, which was gifted to council for a dollar in 2019 and right. remains empty. I mean, well, if something the government would gift me a building for a dollar. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> there has been a recent development with the old ambulance station. I think that oh, was God. built in the 1920s or, or thereabouts. Um, uh, Vivability, uh, a disabled, um, um, uh, I, I can't quite think of, um, they provide services for mm. disabled people and uh, I believe they're going to set up a cafe in the old ambulance station there. Okay, so it sounds so, like, Lorraine, one of these buildings at least has a, a, what seems like a, a bit of a future. Di, you're also calling from Bathurst. Are you also calling about the same building, this, this arts building that everyone seems concerned about? Uh, this is Di Austin. Yeah, Di from Bathurst? Yes, yes, exactly it. I mean, it's it's been there languishing. There'd be so many ideas put forward. Uh, connection with tourism would be great. It's got a beautiful uh, balanced floor upstairs, apparently. Um, a big area that you could have uh, events. Uh, I, I could visualise retail shops and offices, as you've done in Dubbo. Uh, we just need someone with your enthusiasm and... Uh, you know, to, to get it going. We need someone to kickstart it because I don't think anyone around uh, at the moment has done anything. Although the, the, the lady who was talking to you before, she seems more up-to-date than me. But I live in a homestead, which was one of the first farms over the Blue Mountains. It's part of Governor Macquarie's um, a grant to settlers. Um, one section of it is 200 years old. I also restored a house up in Hill End. Well, it was Hosey's store. It was an old bank and department store. But all the marble fireplaces and 
cedar staircase all disappeared. Mm. Uh, mm. I saw it in 1985-86. I finally got a, a, a tenancy in 1994, and I was there for six years until 2000. But I, I renovated the inside and uh, uh, furnished it with period pieces, and it was a bed and breakfast, tea room, stu- art studio, potter's shed, uh, yeah, mm. <laughs> and I ran it uh, for six years. Yeah. And I, the gal- I had the art gallery there as well. Wow, thanks, Di. Yeah, and gosh, Hill End, what a spectacular place. So, look, Gillian, it sounds like you need to be cloned or you need to be uh, basically inspiring a lot of other people to do the same thing. Sounds like your uh, your services are in need. I think if people can identify what is the use that is going to bring the greatest return that can afford to main- to maintain and refurbish that building, that's the first step. Mm. And that's really hard to do because... It's the wonderful creative people who come up with these incredible ideas for um, the art, the tourism scene that we need in regional areas. But we have to balance that with um, who is the anchor tenant that can afford to pay $150,000 a year for the rent. And and that's the biggest juggle. And that's the thing I struggle with the most because I'm I'm altruistic. I want the best for the community. Um, I will work for free. But equally, if I do not make money, I cannot do the next building Mm. and, in fact, would have to sell the current ones. So I have this constant struggle with my identity, which is to serve, and with the reality, which is um, to ensure that this is financially sustainable. And that's one of the the biggest struggles and the hardest things that I've ever had to overcome in this project and process. Um, a few more from the uh, the SMS line. Someone saying, I know of the restoration of an old mill in Crookwell, a bookshop and the old post office in Ganmain. Uh, I'm not even sure where that is. Um, now, this one. Um, Hi, Suzanne and Gillian. Gillian, please save. Uh, this is the common plea from our listeners tonight. A wonderful 1897 nurses' home in Launceston, Tasmania. Heritage listed. The government's letting it fall into disrepair. We ex-trainee nurses fear it will be beyond saving soon. It's one of the most beautiful buildings in Launceston and prime position on top of a hill with spectacular views. And I even got sent a number of uh, pictures of it. Thank you so much to the person who, who sent those in. Um, now, Dan from Port Macquarie says, in the present day, it's hard enough to find a bricklayer, let alone a skilled stonemason, to build buildings of such grandeur. You could only imagine how much it would cost to build these kinds of buildings from scratch, which I guess, Julian, is one of the, the reasons you actually need to look after these old buildings, because these kinds of buildings aren't going to be built again, are they? You know, I think that's why I love them so much. No one else can get one of these again. So if you own one, it's like owning a really rare piece of history. So it's it's special. It's a privilege. And that's why I say if, if you're looking for a building to be a tenant in, go and find a unique heritage building. Attach your brand to the story and become a, a hero within your community because then your brand, whether you're a lawyer or an artist, you are um, bringing that story back to life. And I think our brand value these days as businesses, our social license to operate is so important. You know, so if someone who operated a renewable energy company right now within our renewable energy zones like Dubbo, Armidale, 
They should be saying, I'm not going into a normal shop front. Find me the empty building that needs a new roof and that's where we will set up shop for three years while the wind farms are built. And when we leave, we'll leave this building in good condition for the next tenant. And I think those are the legacies that um, that people can leave behind when they come to a regional community. Yeah, uh, Bridget from Woi Woi, hello. Hello. Well, what's the building you want to talk about? Uh, the Masonic building in Woi Woi. It's heritage listed and it's quite a lovely old building with beautiful brown brick. It's uh, It was built in the 1920s, I think. I can't give an exact date, unfortunately, but it's absolutely wonderful. And it's near the train station. It's got lots of parking around it. And I visualise it as a great gig place. You know, you could get lots of musicians in, easy to get to. Um, it's just lovely. And it's just deteriorating, which is so sad. So, Bridget, do you, are you one of these people who sort of look at the building and you, I mean, it sounds like you do sort of fantasise about what you could do with it if only you had the money to restore it or someone else would do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how much? Well, of don't a- laugh, but I know oh. the building you're talking about, you know, and I know well, most of these lovely? buildings that people are mentioning because I—that's what I—I I drive around and I just see them, and I pull the car over. I'm like, yeah. that is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if only someone could, you know, I just—I'm unfortunately not in a position to do what you're doing, but it would be so great if somebody, you know, was in that position to sort of—I think the Kerr family own it; they're developers. But it'd be great if somebody could buy it from them or or, or something to um, really make it something for the community because the young people particularly need need to do things and, and do something constructive like, you know, mosh out in a mosh pit <laughs> or something like, you know, even a wine bar. I don't care. It's so lovely. Mm. Bridget, thanks so much uh, for your call. Nice to chat with you. And, I mean, as you're saying, Gillian, there's also so much history in people's personal stories. I mean, for myself, my um, grandfather was a regional uh, bank manager with the Bank of New South Wales, so he worked in these buildings all over regional New South Wales. So I know when I was in Urala last, I think there's a cafe in what was the old Bank of New South Wales building there, and, you know, I went in and I was like, wow, you know, my grandfather worked here. It's, it's pretty amazing when you can have that kind of connection too. Now, a couple Urala more. is a beautiful town yeah. with beautifully preserved buildings. And again, it, it's that who's got the use to pay for that restoration. But Urala is a classic example of a beautiful town with a lot of activity in their main street. Yeah. Now, this one from Bru- uh, Owen. Have you heard of the Cummins Theatre in Meriden, built in 1897 by James Cummins, Mayor of Kalgoorlie, owner of the Kalgoorlie and Coolgardie Breweries? and named the Tivoli. It was dismantled in sections and transported to Meriden in 1927, opened in 28 and is still a functional and beautiful example of architecture and thankfully far-sighted people to retain it rather than demolishing it. Thank you, Owen. That sounds like a great project, uh, transferring that. Ropey, the old mill in the main street of Catanning is a success story. Google Premier Mill Catanning to have a look. Thanks very much, Ropey. So we've got lots of people, um, Gillian, who've all got ideas about what you could do if <laughs> if their town was next on your list. What's actually next on your list is the Union Bank in Wagga, isn't it? There's a beautiful old building in Wagga and we're partnering up to um, refurbish it. It's got a tenant in there at the moment. It's a beautiful uh, building. And one of the things I love about this building is, again, the story. Uh, it was um, designed by a different architect, which was um, William Wilkinson Wardle. And he might be familiar to uh, people listening because he was the architect behind 
um, St. Patrick's Cathedral in Melbourne, Government House in Melbourne, now known as the old Treasury Building, uh, St. John's College at Sydney Uni, um, Riverview, St. Ignatius College Review, St. Joseph's College, Hunter Hill, uh, St. Mary's Cathedral in Sydney, you know, a real Gothic style, um, but he was very uh, famous and uh, had a portfolio of banks and churches in regional areas as well. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a story that took a lot of digging for me to find that one nugget and brought me and everyone I sent it to so much joy in this discovery process. Just finally, I love this one. Just came back from a caravan trip around Australia. A standout cafe was the repurposed bank in Cooktown, complete with teller stalls as booths to sip your tea in. That sounds fantastic, doesn't it? That's so cute. Gillian, <laughs> yeah. thanks so much for being our guest and best of luck with uh, all of your projects and, well, all of the buildings waiting for you to uh, put your Gillian touch on them in the future. Lovely to speak to you. Thanks, Suzanne. This is Nightlife with Suzanne Hill.